0: It's Tuesday, February 4th. The year is 2020. You're listening to The Relevant Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Huckabee. I'm coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. Meanwhile, down in Orlando, Florida, uh, as always, trying to make sure that we stay on the rails as long as possible. It's our illustrious producer, Chandler Strang. (laughs) Hello. And up there in Loveland, Virginia, trying to grab the wheel and steer us into a ditch immediately. It's our friend, Jesse Carey. (laughs) Hello, hello. Hello. You know, and I wanted to get this out of the. Way. We should have we should have discussed this beforehand, guys. But no, no use crying over spilled milk. Uh, we should say that Chandler is is pulling double duty today. Uh, he he was up very late last night. He was in charge of the Iowa caucus. Uh, I, I haven't checked. I have not been on. I haven't checked the news yet this morning. He assured me yesterday that he would be done in time. Chandler, are we good to go on the? Oh, that yeah. here? Let me say this.
1: I I Chandler and I have recently. Launched uh, uh, an app company. Oh, cool! <laughs> and very oh, excited. That's exciting. It is a digital platform Spence. that makes this whole caucusing business much much easier that and faster. Ain't. Oh, so, man! I, what a need, I was You I signed me in minutes listen I was burning the midnight oil patching some holes in the, in the you know just the debugging screws. defragging and I was so confident in how well it's going to perform I just sent it out into the world and went to bed at a tight 730 last night I just woke up I haven't seen the results but man democracy in action Well, thanks. take That's that true. Putin take that Putin
0: we're stronger than ever so well, I be f- hold on, hold for on here. Hold on. hold on here. I'm just looking <laughs> at
1: an email I sent. <laughs> Looks like I left uh, an, an ampersand in a URL that might be causing some code trouble. You know what? Someone would have contacted me by now. I, I'm assuming I'll be getting a call from the Yang campaign any moment now, thanking me for my efforts. I'm
0: I'm I'm, I'm going to say, and this is this is from the heart, Chandler. I, I sleep a lot better at night. Knowing people like you and Jesse are looking after democracy, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-democracy, I'm a big fan of, of I, I sleep more securely knowing that, that whatever happens, and I, and this is, a, this is somebody, look, I, I, I believe in democracy, do I know what a caucus is? I do not. Do I know why we do this in Iowa? I do not. But that's okay. why we trust you, Chandler, that you're you <laughs> handle the stuff so that people like me don't have to worry about it. So thank you for you for keeping that going. And Jesse, thank you for your role in that as well. I wasn't aware you were involved, but it sounds like it was it sounds, it sounds like it was another yeah. successful venture.
1: And, uh, you know, one of my many, many successful business ventures that haven't ended me up in crippling debt bankruptcy <laughs> owing money to the mob and ultimately changing my identity so here we go so uh, we're off and running today guys
0: <laughs> it's uh we, we had uh we, we had hoped to be joined by a special guest today but had a hiccup at the last minute uh probably owing to the fact that there's so much else going on here in terms of the uh the election that we we, we, we just don't have time to, to yeah. get everybody on board that we'd like to, unfortunately. But we are going to be joining. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, I always like to good. welcome our friend Beth Moore to the podcast later on. I had a conversation with her about her new book, Chasing Vines, Finding Your Way to an Immensely Fruitful Life. That's out today. Uh, and uh, I, I, this won't come as a surprise to any of you, but I love talking to Beth Moore. We had a great conversation. It was. It, she, is, she is just such a rich conversationalist. Obviously... uh. She has become sort of controversial in some waters, uh, but but I don't think in ours. Uh, not yet. We're, yeah. we're uh, she's, she's, uh, she's no, been, she's, I've known about her yeah. most of my life. She's been a, she's uh been a hero to like my, I remember my parents really loving her and now I, I love her too. And it was really, really fun to, to talk about her new book. We'll, we'll uh, be sharing a big yeah. chunk of that conversation I, later on. I, I,
1: exactly. I feel like a lot of times on the show, we, lately especially, we've been really packing out these shows. We've been having some incredible, I mean, dude, think about the guests. We've had in, you know, uh we had Kristen Howerton last week. I yeah, thought she, on it. Friday. she was yeah, so was great. fun. We had Corey Asbury, John Mark McGillano, Jamie Ivey uh, will be joining us soon. We have prop. But you know, when you have that packed of a show, you kind of gotta really cautiously curate the content. But today with Beth Moore, we're like, listen, we Play got Beth brief. Moore on. Let, let this thing we're going to this is going to
0: be an extended conversation with her. And I'm
1: very, very excited
0: for people. To you're break. you're all very lucky because this is that's more time you get to spend listening to Beth more and less time to hear us talking about <laughs> the Iowa caucuses, a system <laughs> yes. that I do not understand, <laughs> yeah. could not begin to
1: explain. And uh-huh. I will I will say this. I quickly read a Wikipedia that was incredibly confusing on caucusing. Uh, And I actually, the first one was on caulking uh, about, you know, around window panes and things. Now, after spending about three hours, you know, charting out my caulking app, not sure how it ties into the democratic process. I realized I made a grave mistake after trying to understand the caucusing Wikipedia entry and just ended up very very confused I made an app that <laughs> was a pretty solid <laughs> guess at what it's supposed to do <laughs> in wow. a roundabout way <laughs> wow yeah. I think this will be very helpful to the democratic process I mean it's been- and and I will say this if you need to caulk a window I have an app that I think has real potential I'm going to see I'm trying to get the Property Brothers or someone on on HTV into this million dollar lottery listing. Somebody's going to want to get on board with this in the home (laughs) reno space. So it's
0: really a win win for me. It's been a pretty big, Uh, awesome week. I would like for someone to explain uh, caucusing to me using a metaphor that I like. If you could use like a Marvel Comics framework somehow, I don't even know if this is possible, but use that framework somehow to explain what the Iowa caucus is like. I think that would be helpful because right now I feel like if you live in Iowa you might understand it although given the events of last night that is up for debate but if you live in Iowa you might understand it but I feel like the rest of America just kind of waits on the results without really knowing yeah. what the yeah, it's for, like it's like I want to hear who won but I don't under, but I don't know what the game is yeah
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly it's like when i see people like on tv like when I see any like weird British sport, like I, there was a video that was going around Twitter, uh, last week of this guy and he's playing some sort of like indoor bocce ball type of situation where there's like <laughs> these, like yeah, yeah. they're about the size for, you know, spatial relationship, you know, they're about the size of like American softballs, but they're these, uh-huh. you know, large appear to be like wooden or ceramic balls that are different colors. And he's like rolling them in a way that they approach other balls. And I have no idea what is happening. Happening. All I'm taking is from the, oh, oh, from the <laughs> audience that what he did was incredible. I don't know why it was incredible, but I'm able to recognize greatness. That's sort of how I feel like with a the caucus. They were like, oh, so you just vote on the candidate. I'm like, no, I think they go into the room. And I think, they're, I think there are people like making cases for things. And I think people physically move to sides
0: of yeah, the room. It's like four squares somehow.
1: Yeah, and, and, and there's no like counts. It's just kind of you're roughly eyeballing a social situation. It's very <laughs> confusing. Just like watching a weird British b- bocce ball, which by the way, in that video, there were a lot of people in the stands. There are, there, there's a whole world of sports that, you know, exist in, in, in Europe and probably around the world that I have no idea how they work, <laughs> but it makes it no less impressive when someone does something cool. Like I said, yeah. I don't know why what they did was cool. It looks like someone could, you know, the random, a random person could do this, but I can appreciate the enthusiasm. You sports, know, and that's sports call- are better for
0: that because there's at least athleticism involved. So you can tell it, oh, well, this person did a hand. It's like when I watch one of those weird Olympic sports that I didn't even know was really a sport. But you can usually still tell at least like, oh, that, well, I couldn't do that. So it yeah. is cool to see somebody do something like that, even if I don't understand why caucusing is different. There were these videos coming out. They were supposed to show like what a you know, what, what how much chaos was involved last night in the Iowa caucus. You saw these like this this footage and I'm looking at it like I can't tell if this is good or bad. Uh, the tweet makes it sound like this is a bad thing. But for all I know, this is just democracy in action. It's really the Bond
1: villain trap of democracy, like (laughs) like the goal is to get people in a room, come to a consensus and have a candidate chosen. Right. Like Uh that's the ultimate outcome. The easiest way to do that is to have a vote. Right. But, you know, instead they do what a James Bond villain does, which is make the most overcomplicated, have an awkward contraption where James Bond is, you know, you know, tied up over a bed of sharks as like a a, a weird radioactive timer, you know, slowly goes off. And it's like, just do the Austin Powers things. Just take him out. Like, we we don't need all this. Like, the caucus scene's the same thing. Why why is the caucus scene set up like an Adam West era Batman booby trap, you know? Like, this is totally unnecessary.
0: We figured it out, you know? Well, it's just they're part of the American electoral process. And I know for our non-American listeners, it can be a little bit confusing to watch from the outside sometime. But rest mm-hmm. assured, this is all part of our usual process in which whoever gets the most votes in November loses and the other person becomes president. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I
1: mean,
0: which literally happened last which, time. Which, yeah. <laughs> which is a, a, a frighteningly regular occurrence in the American, in American Listen, democracy.
1: democracy totally makes sense. Like, take, for example, last year, a few million people more voted for one candidate other than the other so obviously the other candidate ended up winning here's why it's math caucusing it might be caulking i
0: i'm not even entirely sure i'm getting it
1: right i'm still trying to figure out how to even vote you know i on voting day i just go yell at the postman as he drives by
0: (laughs) <laughs> you Gary up by your Johnson for president. <laughs> <laughs> Set up by the mailbox and as he drives you'll by. Of, the, you, <laughs>
1: you'll get this message to the mayor, won't you?
0: <laughs> 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 what am I telling uh, the mayor? <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we get to the we, we have more thoughts on American democracy coming up. But before we do all that, we gonna take a quick break. listening to circle the drain by soccer mommy beginning of the podcast you heard teenage headache dreams by murrah Massa. all right time for our weekly look back at our favorite stories we came across this week it's time for slices, slices. jesse what do you got all
1: right i have i have a twofer and uh one of them this is I i gotta give a, a a solid hat tip to the av club here AV okay, Club's yeah, a great sure. site and they noted that this year is a very important year for the company Yahoo. Uh, Yahoo is is having a big birthday this year. It's their 25th birthday. Um, now, most of us I don't even know if most of us could accurately articulate what Yahoo does anymore. Like (laughs) like I know at one time a lot of people used email and fantasy football for Yahoo, you know, and it was like, it was, it was a search engine. But if you were to ask me how Yahoo makes money, I don't know. Like I currently, I currently don't even know what their business model is. I know they exist. I know they are a large digital brand. But uh, other than, you know, occasionally ending up on the homepage of Yahoo to just read, uh, you know, an algamation of uh, of AP stories and BuzzFeed uh-huh. listicles that are syndicated. I don't know what the company does. Like, I'm sure Yahoo has, in my mind, a giant building with thousands of employees. I have no idea what they spend their time doing, you know, like, <laughs> hey, do you see that new Yahoo thing? Says no one ever. Like, oh, get the new Yahoo phone. Like, what do they make? What are they doing at the Yahoo building? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, literally, what happens in there? What are they meeting about? What are they working on at their desk? When you get
0: hired by Yahoo, what is your day-to-day? Oh, I saw that Yahoo's hiring for a... uh, I don't know. I don't know what they'd be hiring for. What What do you say you do here, Yahoo? Like, what is
1: your role right now? Anyway, uh, but you know uh, uh a number or oh, i'm sorry uh, yeah a number of years ago um you know leading up to their their 25th birthday it was a pretty big deal and you know kind of at the height of this was uh was about 14 years ago now uh back in 2006 yahoo's riding high yahoo's you know pumping you know the I, again i don't even know what yahoo doing pumping, back in 2006. The, pumping the doing the yeah, I mean, the content I, I, people,
0: branding, I would say this. It didn't look like
1: a, a weird uncle emailing you a political rant, uh, um, a, a, a weirdly misguided political rant from a fake news site. If it if it, someone emailed you from a Yahoo account. Now, if you get a, a, an email from someone at yahoo.com, you know, that email is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, right? yeah be careful. But, yeah. but back then, back in 2006, they're riding high and they decided that they were going to do something uh, very ambitious To show just how excited they were about the future of Yahoo uh, and 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 how they were going to celebrate in the coming year of 2020, the 25th anniversary of the company. So in 2006, they had a great idea. Why don't they create a digital time capsule that will be unveiled 14 years later in the distant future of 2020, when every American is reliant on the technological innovations of Yahoo. So uh, they Uh they what they did is at the time, this was actually a pretty big deal. They created a digital time capsule and uh, they invited people from across the Internet to send in submissions. Now these were like digital submissions. So they could be written, they could be like comments from a site, they could be video, they could be audio recordings, anything digital. Um, And they actually received over 170,000 of these contributions. They put it in the digital time capsule. Now, not all of their plans worked out at the time. What they wanted to do was to go on top of an ancient Aztec pyramid in Mexico uh-huh. and somehow beam a light from the time capsule into space that that contained information from the time capsule so that this is what aliens would encounter. I mean, that was their logic. That That's was a, their promotion, which is very seems optimistic vision
0: of of what of what technology would be
1: like in the very near future. It's this kind of thinking that has made Yahoo into the digital innovation <laughs> leader that it is today, like so uh so this year, the actual time capsule that was beamed into space, they couldn't do it from the top of the pyramid, but they figured out some way to do it uh will be unveiled, so just it's, it's next month in March they're going to unveil the 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 time capsule at the 25th birthday. So here is what I wanted to ask you guys. Mm-hmm. This is a digital time capsule from contributions across the internet. Um you know almost 200,000 contributions that are, that will be unveiled next month. What do you guys think is going to be in there? And oh, is it man. just going to be hot garbage? Because I feel like anytime you ask people on the internet to just contribute things that they think are important, it takes very little time for people to go to the lowest common denominator. I mean, it is 2006. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's probably a lot of like home star runner and like college, yeah. videos and things like that. But what of value do you think is going to be in? Because that, you know, a time capsule. I feel like you had to do like 50 years, you know, yeah. 14 just isn't that dramatic. Yeah, but, exactly.
0: Yeah. When I think what, what time do capsule, when I think like things I've dug up in a time capsule, it's, it's from a way is from a long time ago. I'm thinking like, Old, uh, I don't know, like books and census records, things like that to remind you of what life was. But like, I remember 2006 and the Internet in 2006, not that it's very good today, but it was it was a very clunky beast in 06. It, it, it was. It was, you know, like now they're alive.
2: And that was the first year of YouTube '06. six.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was right. like yeah, I the numa right. the numa numa kid, like yeah. the paint uh-huh. stick kid, yeah. like stuff like that. Yeah, it, it, it was still at a time like there are certainly many dark corners of the internet still out there, but they're relatively easy to avoid these days, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. Where <laughs> that, that was <laughs> a time
0: when you could like and you you. Anything could happen when you signed up online. It was the wild west.
1: <laughs> it was. It literally, you could sign on and just be like br- browsing, you know, what well, you know, page two on ESPN or, or whatever you know site you're going to. You know, you're browsing MySpace and like a random chat window from an AOL CD you didn't even realize was in the computer pops up and there's some weirdo chatting with you,
0: uh-huh, some creep yeah, ball. Yeah. You know, that was 2006. It you know? was. A, it was so, a weird. You could be on some like otherwise respectable site. You're like, I'm just looking for like some like a funny joke. Like, just give me a good like a good list of, of good. We didn't have memes or anything, but you had like some text based. to you or like I feel like that was a big time for like fail videos. Yep. That yeah, that was that that, yeah. that era of like kind of older home video. It was it was kind of taking the place of America's Funniest Home Videos yeah. on a mass scale. That was 06 era Internet. And then you would randomly get something like and also 20 Hollywood wardrobe malfunctions that just pops up out of nowhere. It is, you have <laughs> yeah. no choice about whether or not you're going to actually watch it. It just starts happening on the it, internet. It was, also,
1: it was also a time, and this is what I'm expecting to find a lot of in this time capsule. It was a time for, for some reason, it felt completely and utterly preposterous to use your real name on the internet in any way. And that instead you would be identified by either your favorite band or your favorite sports team. Like, Oh look, taking back Sunday, nine, nine uh, 72 says this. It's like, yeah, you know, for some reason back then it was acceptable to be identified by, you know, a weird nickname or fandom for a band or a sports team.
0: You, you yeah. had the lingering concerns that our parents had raised us with about like the, str- the danger of talking to strangers on the internet, which is yeah. now all, Anybody does all day long, obviously. But at the time, I think we were still dealing with those screen names that we'd first come up with. And there was that attachment to them. And just they kind of bled out into the rest of our social profiles. Yeah.
1: What Chandler, what was your first screen
2: name? Do you remember? Oh, man. Uh, something to do with Psycho, but I, I misspelled Psycho. So it was like Physco... <laughs> Three seventy-two like <laughs> <laughs> was like numbers after it.
1: Fizco, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't uh,
2: uh, Jesus Freak eighty-seven. No, no, my parents didn't know about this AOL account. I, I, I got it. my a friend. Oh, your burner. A friend I went to school with had uh, their parents paid for theirs, and they had a couple of accounts on that, like membership or whatever. So I got, I got on that. Awesome. Yeah, it,
1: awesome. is the Fizco Brad. burner still
2: around? <laughs> I don't think so.
1: No. Tyler, what was your first? What was your first screen name? Do you remember? Uh, no uh, shit. Was, it
0: was yeah. It was what's my age again? Eighty four. Oh, <laughs> was it really? Right. Yeah. A blink one eighty two reference? Oh, yeah. But then the year that you were born. But the year I was yeah. born. Yeah, yeah. So what's my? Yeah, answer the question. That wasn't intentional. It wasn't. Sp- it wasn't like supposed to be it. It wasn't, it wasn't, a like, a meta, it was wasn't like a meta. It was just like meta, it was just yeah. like you need to add a number. Okay. Uh, uh, it was a, uh, yeah. Uh, obviously
1: my birthday. What uh, was yours? Blink one eighty two. Mine, my, <laughs> I had the same problem as, I remember a very unforgiving forms that you fill out, you know, when you're setting up your, your, your names back then, because Chandler, I had the same thing happen to me, you know, 13 or 14 year old Jesse was pretty heavy into skateboarding at the time. Yeah. And so I wanted to be, there was a shoe company and they actually still make pretty cool shoes. They, 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 this is random, but the shoe company is actually the the sponsor of the band explosions in the sky, which is a great uh, band from yeah. actually from that era. Still around, but they're called America. It's uh, America with an E. And I used to be a big fan. Of yeah. it. I used to rock their skate shoes. Yes, for sure. And, uh, my screen, uh, uh, Andrew Reynolds. I don't know, Chandler, if you remember, Andrew Reynolds, he was like their main guy, Yeah, he yeah. Had the signature shoe. Yeah. Those are still dope. But if anyone has Andrew Reynolds, America shoes, good on you. But anyway, uh, I, my, I try to do American, like a cool skateboard reference, <laughs> but it got like chopped up. Like as soon as I punched it, it was like emeric five nine 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 two. you know, it's like, this doesn't even make any sense, <laughs> but I'm already here. I mean, I'm too lazy to change it. So anyway, <laughs> so I don't know what we're going to find. Uh, probably a lot of weird artifacts, um, but it, it's an interesting, I don't just think it's interesting. That there's a time capsule out there. Time capsules are kind of cool. And there's all these, uh, y- you know, probably absolutely valueless contributions from, you know, the 2006 internet culture. Uh, But I do like how, I do like reflecting back on how important Yahoo believed it was and believed it was going to be back in 2006. (laughs) Now, 2020, most people aren't entirely sure if Yahoo's still like a company or, or, like I said, what they even do. So, uh, but anyway, it's coming next month. Hey, speaking of coming next month, um, you guys know what's coming uh, in a couple of weeks here. Right, uh, and on the Christian t- calendar, the liturgical calendar.
0: Oh, it's almost time for Lent.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ash Wednesday, February 26th this year, leading into the season of Lent, a time when many Christians from across the nomination, the across the denominational spectrum, uh, decide to give up certain things in their lives for a period of 40 days leading up to Easter, as sort of a reflection on Christ sacrifice during Holy Week. So, uh, onebible.info, a researcher there named Stephen Smith, he has, every year, gone on Twitter and looked at what people are tweeting about that they are going to give up for Lent. Now, he hasn't done this for 2020 yet, but I think we can still get some pretty good insights. Mm Mm-hmm of his results from, the, from the, the season of Lent of 2019. Because there's actually some interesting changes in things that people were giving up uh, uh, for Lent that year. And there, there's a couple things that have uh, been on the rise that weren't even on the radar in the last couple years because he's been hmm. doing this uh, for quite some time now. So anyone want to guess what is the number one thing that people last year said they were going to give up for Lent? Drinking? I'm gonna guess social media. Nah. What? What was yours? What was yours, Chandler? Drinking?
2: Like drinking alcohol?
1: That's actually number two, and in the past, the drinking has been number one. Tyler, you are correct. The number one thing that people say they're going to give up for Lent is social networking. I right? use yeah, social mm-hmm. media?
0: Social so networking. Is, <laughs> the, <yeah. laughs> going out to, to like business meetings to, to shake hands. You're going you, to give that. No networking. I mean, no. The Lord <laughs> networking. The Lord demands. The Lord demands. Are all uh, <laughs> to, close up that close up
1: that hotel ballroom.
0: Uh, we're not. We're not doing any hand shaking here. You he know? gave up everything for us i suppose i can give up networking for him yeah you know i'm putting the business cards away for for this month yeah it's so, gonna be a tough social, time for your app company i suppose but at a time when you could really use yeah. some positive press too to be honest listen, with you. yeah listen a lot of people are trying to get
1: up with us right now i don't know why but i've given up social networking so i'm sure someone will address their concerns and the caucus will right. be just fine all right uh, so, so we got
0: one So we got one into out of the gates uh what else would be like like snacks like candy well well
1: actually number three is interesting because it's sort of a subcategory of one uh twitter twitter just people saying i want to give up just twitter and i can see why out of all of the major platforms that's the one people would be most inclined to single out uh especially these days i mean i feel like it's even got worse since 2020 there's a lot of valuable there's a lot of valuable contributions to social dialogues happening on twitter but there's There's also a tendency for things to get very toxic on that platform uh, very quickly. I think we've all observed that. So I can understand why people want to take a break from it. Uh, That is followed by chocolate, meat, (laughs) and (laughs) swearing, which I kind (laughs) of feel like swearing, you should just be like, you you know, (laughs) maybe that's just good to drop anyway. You know what I mean? Do it or
0: or don't do it. But but the giving up, I want to understand, what's the point?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, well, if I'm going to give up something that's clearly like a, uh, you know, something that I think a lot of people would view if they don't directly view it as like something sinful, it's certainly not looked at something as like you know, maybe this like noble thing to do, but it's like hmm. saying, yeah, I'm going to give up shoplifting this year. Uh, just for those 40 days, I'll pay. I will pay for my gum and not slide it in my pocket at the bodega. You know, uh, everybody, you guys, up something.
0: Are you guys lent well, observers? Well, real quick. I, I want to oh, yeah. do, oh, yeah. do one more guess. I
1: want to do one more guess. Last year's biggest increase. Biggest any, anyone increase. guess last year's um, biggest increase.
0: Have we, have we said it yet or is this a new one?
1: We haven't said it yet. And it's, okay. and, and you probably won't just blindly guess it. So I'll give you a hint. It has to do with, uh, environmental consciousness. Oh, like Plastic. Plastic plastic people are going mm-hmm. to uh that was the biggest gainer people said they're going to give up all plastics for 40 days uh just before you know I do want to get to our, our our lent habits but here are some adif- additional notes from a study from LifeWay 3 in 10 Americans with evangelical beliefs say they observe lent um uh of those most well well almost a uh, uh, half say they typically fast from a favorite food or beverage uh mm-hmm. Catholics Obviously, remain the most likely to observe Lent. Sixty-one percent of them, uh, with uh, uh, with two out of three actually fasting a favorite food or beverage. Overall, guess how many? What guess what the percent of Americans are who observe Lent?
0: Um, it's surprisingly pretty. Is it? Huh. I was like, uh, because my guess was going to be something like twenty-five percent. You got it. It's twenty. It's twenty-four percent. Okay, that's now a
1: quarter the, of all Americans. A quarter, that's, that, that's even that, that seems feels very
0: more like more than I would have thought.
1: That yeah. that seems really high to me. An, an entire quarter of Americans are are doing this liturgical practice to some degree. I think that's pretty cool. Does too. it
0: break down by region? I'd be curious to know, like where, uh, like if it's bigger in the on the coasts, which I would kind of think it would be, but but I don't I, know.
1: I would, you know, this Lent is an interesting one because of its, you know, um, liturgical backgrounds. You know, the, I don't know how common it is. I, and, and maybe I can look and see, maybe we can do an update as we get closer uh, to Ash Wednesday to see what how it breaks down regionally. Because I think my assumption would be it, it would be a more diverse regional breakdown than we think because it doesn't necessarily break down along like traditional Bible Belt lines. You know, yeah, because I wouldn't I think feel like so. Yeah, the, you know, the the Bible Belt tends to be pretty evangelical, tends to be very Protestant. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and whereas you know, generally we associate Lent with Catholicism, and I would think that more on sort of like Catholic enclaves like New England mm-hmm. would probably be more likely. But but I don't know that that would be an interesting thing for us to to take a look at.
0: I, I grew up in in the Midwest, and uh, and I really don't remember anybody. I, it was not part of my like life, or, or I did not know very many people who did it at all until yeah. I moved out. Until like I moved to Chicago, and and then even down here in the South, I see it a lot more than I yeah. did when I was a kid. So yeah, I think you're probably right. But but I don't know. I'd be curious to see what that I'm sure that study exists. I just haven't ever seen yeah. those numbers. I
1: grew up in I grew up in, you know, Virginia Beach, which is the south, but the area I grew up in is a very heavy like military presence. And so um, You know, a lot of my neighbors were practicing Catholics and Lent was very big yeah. to them. And it was kind of a foreign concept to me because I went to like sort of a non-denominational evangelical church, you know, we're singing yeah. ancient days and, <laughs> you know. All That was more our jam Classics. and my Catholic neighbors were doing Lent. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested in the regional breakdown. Water, yeah, do you guys, do you guys sure. observe Lent?
0: I do. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know what, I, I don't know what I, what, what the, what the give up would be this year. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, Chandler, what about you? Have you ever observed Lent? I have not. Oh. Yeah. I, I have to different degrees. Usually, it's like dietary. It's just something that, like, mm-hmm. you know, that's an easy thing to like cut out. I, I, I would be interested, you know, to for for what are some creative things that people give up, you know,
0: because oh, I, for sure. I I really like, do think that aren't just it, like kind of standard like dieting things. But yeah, like, uh, that would be that would be like a real sacrifice that doesn't have any obvious benefits to your. Uh, that would be something a doctor would recommend doing anyway, or a therapist. Yeah. Or something.
1: And, and something that would be genuinely sacrificial. Like, I think for some people, if you said, Hey, if you had to give up Netflix for 40 days, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, and, you know, and he, and he can't cheat. You can't just, you know, t- turn over and Not watch Plus. Jack Ryan on Hulu, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or Mandalorian or whatever. It's like, I'll give up my streaming services for 40 days or something, mm-hmm. because I also feel like that reprogram reprogram sort of like your basic rhythm of kind of life, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's a valuable exercise. And I think that's also something that there's a million different teachings on Lent. But I think one just sort of objective observation beyond the spiritual benefits, it really does challenge us in the areas of like self-discipline, but also how kind of married we become to rhythms of creature comfort. You know what I mean? Well, I mm-hmm. get this, I get Chick fil A every Wednesday or, what, or whatever it is. You know, it kind of unmarries us from patterns that are ultimately, uh, you know, constructs. That build up our comfort, so I think it's a positive thing. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I think it's great, and I think and I know there are some people, I have some friends who are very intentional about uh, the like they they try to give up on like uh, exist, and this is a uh, very relevant right now. Uh, and in February, in Black History Month, like trying to give up on on ways that they may be colonized spaces, like white spaces, or, yeah. or, uh, or give up, um, in, and instead of just uh, abstaining from like. Uh, maybe maybe supporting Amazon or something. They replace that with this month, we're supporting local black owned businesses or something like that. Yeah. Something that's really yeah. like not only abstain, not only fasting from something, but sort of fasting to something in a yeah. in a positive yeah. way. But I, and I think that's really, I've ne- I have never actively done that for Lent, but I think that's a really cool idea. I'd be interested to hear if anybody out there, if any of our listeners have sort of a creative, interesting way they've, they've celebrated Lent, I'd be really interested in hearing that.
1: Yeah. Well, cool. Well, Tyler, what, what do you got, man?
0: Yeah, I got a little bit of a two for two. We'll we'll, we'll keep it kind of. First. I'm going to send a picture, uh, Chandler, to you and you and Jesse. I already showed this to you, but I'm I'm just going to text this to you guys and uh-huh. want to get maybe you all can can. It, it's a visual slice. I understand that, but maybe you can describe with with detail what what this photo, what you see in this photo <laughs> that I'm sending. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, okay, I will. I okay, Chandler, you go first, then I'll do mine.
2: Okay, I don't know who this is, but uh-huh. it's an older yeah. white gentleman in a, you know, coat and tie, drinking Hershey's... <laughs> is, it, is it syrup? Yeah. Okay, and then the, yeah. what's in the... I can't tell what's in his other hand. Is it like Twinkies or something? it, it- it appears to be
1: some manner of of famed little Debbie stuff. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It looks
0: like a little Debbie okay. of
1: okay. some and, kind. Okay. okay. And, 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 and ju- just for a little additional context here, because <laughs> this is not an ad, by the way. This isn't like a <laughs> little Debbie This is clearly a candid. This is clearly a candid. Yeah, it, yeah. This would be an, the worst ad I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's because it's actively repulsive. Um, <laughs> Like it is, it is a gentleman in a suit, uh, and he looks to be at some serious place. There are high top leather chairs. There are names. Ta- yeah, it looks like he, plates, he's probably yeah. a lawmaker. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he is in, he is in, he is in some setting that has to do with legislation, yeah. whether it's a courtroom <laughs> or whether some sort of congressional building. And he has his arm. <laughs> His elbow (laughs) casually just on what I can only assume is a wooden podium that has been in our nation's capital uh, through some of the most important moments of history. This is where he has his arm resting because he is drinking from a Hershey's bottle directly from the (laughs) nozzle. He is squirting the sauce directly into his mouth now he is in a suit obviously he is either working or taking a brief break from work
0: (laughs) and the only reason that he seems to
1: be drinking chocolate sauce Hershey's or Nestle's quick or something directly out of that plastic bottle is because he's using it to wash down what it does appear to be a Twinkie or Nut or butter. I cannot tell because of the shape of the finger. I feel right. reasonably confident it's one of those. Things. All right, all right. And, so,
0: and that's what we're looking at. All right, So this is let me give you a little context here. Let me, let me feel like you're both you're both correct. All right. This is Representative Kent Calfey. He is from here in Tennessee. He's my state rep. Uh, he is. I know nothing about this. guy. I don't know his wedding record. For all I know, he is. He is a statesman he is uh, he is upheld his oath to yeah. congress i don't know I, I don't i really don't i have no idea about what what the rest of what he's done is but i do know from this photo that he is drinking hersheys directly out of the bottle while <laughs> this is during this is during the state of the state this is uh, oh, wow. our governor presented the state of the state so this is a very this is probably one of the most important uh, legislative activities legislative mm-hmm. meetings that he will attend all year long and to get himself through it this is how he's decided to do it now that <laughs> that much I can tell you. This photo was was posted by a reporter here in Nashville named Natalie Allison, who's a very good reporter. Uh, she she uh, got this picture and and it went it went very quickly, went viral. Somebody responded uh, to the tweet and said, "I'm sorry, what?" And she responded to them, no punctuation, all lowercase it happens a lot so clearly <laughs> very, casual this, is not very a, casual this is not a special treat okay. for his no, <laughs> this is this is a mood for him a common <laughs> mood. His, his afternoon snack. this is
1: yeah the big, yeah Okay. I've thought a lot about this because you shared it with me earlier this morning, Tyler. And I have no idea what this man's policies are. I don't even know what party he's in. Like I don't think I think you failed. (laughs) And I think it's better I don't even know what political party he he represents. And and I don't know his policies. Not important. Not important. I don't know his voting rights. I know this. I will do everything in my power to make sure this man is the next president of the (laughs) United States. Because this is the kind this is the kind of bold outside the box thinking we 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 need and not only <laughs> that he's got the courage just to straight up do it you know a lot of these guys can come up with good plans this guy what's his name tyler
0: <laughs> this kent? is this is rep kent Calfee, c-a-l-f-e-e, calfee. <laughs> because calfie realizes you know
1: listen i can sit here in posture you can i can i can tell you what you want to hear or I can kick back, put my feet up, and start sucking down pure chocolate syrup <laughs> to coat to my chase. my throat before I jam a bunch of Twinkies down it. And, and, and like I said, he seems uh, to be a, a, a human in like you know average you know shape. It, you know it doesn't seem he doesn't look like that,
0: like you know he he's an older gentleman, uh, but he doesn't look like he looks like he's doing all right. He's dressed. He doesn't he's just it, snappy.
1: It, if you. He's impeccably dressed. I'll say this if you and this is why I appreciate him, and this is why I feel like he should be the next president, okay, If you just saw this guy walking into a capitol building in any state in the country, he's sharply dressed he he looks you know he has the distinguished air of a lawmaker about him so his proclivity to I mean, I, I can only assume he's carrying those things in his briefcase. Like, be. <laughs> if you were to open his briefcase, yeah, it would be nothing but little yeah. like zebra cakes.
3: <laughs> Remember zebra cakes?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's nothing but ho hos and zebra cakes, and and like just and it's lined with like you know, you know, like Buddy the Elf. You know, he's lined it with with you know portable chocolate syrup thing, and he gets to work. And he and and again, he just starts sucking this stuff down. And again, he's able to still be a distinguished lawmaker. If someone has the courage, he's going to do what he thinks is right. And he thinks what's right is to to drink like the, liquefied the Kevin chocolate McAllister, as a meal. Kevin
0: McAllister diet like on a on a on the national stage.
1: Yeah. It, but it's this kind of outside the box thinking this bold. Uh, 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 approach to you know shameless individualism, and also the bipartisan courage it takes to humiliate whatever party you're a part of by doing this publicly. Because <laughs> no party wants to blame the guy who's in the corner during the meeting drinking out of a chocolate sauce bottle. No one wants that guy on their team. But you know what? He doesn't care. And that's what I appreciate. You know, I know he's not going to get up car up in partisan stuff because he's already a pariah because he's a crazy person who drinks chocolate sauce in a government building <laughs> while talking about the most important issues in the entire state. So kudos. Kudos.
0: <laughs> so you would say Mike the, the kind people. So you so you would say you would say that Representative Calfee's uh, the 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 voters that he whose interest he is representing to before the governor for the state of Tennessee and on the national stage and the White House, you'd say they're fortunate. Oh, I, I'd say, I mean, I'm considering right now
1: up and moving to Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm definitely going to be run out of my state because I. <laughs> Fear after some text message I've received while recording I may have botched a caucusing prospect so looks like someone got in uh, some more debt and bad business and will be changing their identity and relocating soon to a much more open-minded state one where leaders will uh, consume nothing but old uh, elementary school pastries and chocolates. So, here, here I come Tennessee
0: alright Well, thanks a lot, guys. That'll wrap it up for Slices. We're taking a quick break. When we come back, Beth Moore joins us. You're listening to Never Come Back by Caribou. That is kind of what I imagine the people of Virginia might be telling you, Jesse, when they find out <laughs> what happened to the caucus, the caucusing project here.
1: Yeah, they've uh, I, I I can see that there's some authorities that are outside my home right. <laughs> I now. Don't think,
0: I don't think I think they'll see it. your intentions and Chandler's yours, too. And, and they'll, they'll, I don't know. I don't know about forgiving. I mean, they'll forgive you in their hearts. The law is still the law. but, but uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They Believe come in. It, they in the come in. They're like,
1: "I'm just like, come on in, guys. Come on in." And they're like, "You don't look so good." I'm like, "I'm fine." Whoa! I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what is that?" And it's like, "Do no one freak out?" I just drank four bottles of chocolate sauce. That's all that is. That's why it looks so horrific. I know it looks like a crime scene in here, but uh, I just I went That's a little terrible. hard this morning. I was in a celebratory mood. And, you know, I'm giving up, I'm giving up drinking chocolate syrup right out of the bottle for Lent. And so I just decided to do a little binge this morning and it did not sit well. It I think it expands pretty dramatically once it gets inside you. Like it really expands. And so Got quite a mess. I got to clean up. Then we'll turn my attention to this caucus mishap.
0: <laughs> It'd be easy to see the FBI like. Like parachuting, you know, they rappel in through the Chandler's windows there, they break through the window, the skylight bus open, the the handcuffs out on the ground. And they go, What's what what are you charging me with? And he said, You Chandler Strand, you are under arrest for the caucusing. There's you you got the people to when caucus we don't understand what caucusing <laughs> is, so we don't really know. It, it seems shady. We can't tell for sure, but but you need to be in jail.
1: Yeah. Sir you you not only have no idea what caucusing is, you seem completely ill-equipped to build any sort of app to do anything, much less caucusing. And you've appeared to uh, pass the level of chocolate in- intoxication by the amount of Hershey syrups you've consumed even since we've been here. So you should probably get to a hospital, then jail, and then Tennessee, where they
0: will... i welcome you with open arms. Welcome, opener. Opener, Open arms,
1: anyway. What an intro for
0: Beth Moore. (laughs) (laughs) Beth Moore. For those, for the Beth Moore, for the Beth Moore Hive, still with us. For the, for the Beth Hive. Uh, Beth Moore is a Bible teacher, preacher, and the author of a ton of books. Bestselling author of a ton of books, including her latest, "Chasing Vines: Finding Your Way to an Immensely Fruitful Life." In it. Beth shows us from scripture how all of life's concerns, the delights and the trials matter to God and how he uses all of it to help us flourish and be fruitful. I had a great conversation with Beth. We talked about this book and, and what inspired it and, and just sort of uh, the last couple seasons of her life and, and how she's processed uh, some of the drama that I'm sure our listeners are very familiar with. So we wanted to play a lot of that. Here is, uh, here's here's a, 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 most of the conversation that I had with Beth Moore. Because I think that's something that people say a lot. They say, you know, the hard times made me appreciate the the good times more. They or they helped me grow better. You hear that cliche a lot, but it's so different when you realize it, when you actually go through those things and you experience that. Is that something that you feel like you've been able to to explain in this book in a way that can help um, crystallize it for people who, who uh, have only been on the other side question. of
3: that? That's such a good question. I, I'd like, because I am the age that I am and I've lived a lot of life, I'd like to... Turn from a different angle with it, because I think it is really easy to go to those cliches mm-hmm. but i'm going to tell you some of it was so hard that I thought i i couldn't bear it. I thought it was too much there were just just a couple of years ago uh, we had uh, a dynamic in our family that I thought i i don't i don't know how this is sustainable mm. i don't know how we are going to bear this in the long term, and God has been so faithful. But I, I don't like to throw around words. I even feel weird about it. I, I'm, I don't like aphorisms. I don't. I don't like that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. the reality is, people are living with some grueling stuff. But I'm going to tell you how I see it, and this is a very big deal in the book. Um, it, I think we keep feeling pressured to come up with. The saying, it was all worth it. And I don't think that's necessary or the point. I, I think the point is that it all mattered. I don't think I have, do I, must I go back and look at my background of childhood sexual abuse and make the statement that it was worth it because I've certainly gotten to minister out of it. And I have, I have gotten to minister out of it, but that's a little bit sick. I I, I can't do it. I I don't think anybody, say for instance, who has lost a baby should ever feel like that It somehow displays their Christian maturity—if they convey that the loss was worth it, what what, what are we talking about there? I, I don't know that that kind of stuff. It puts the hair up on the back of my neck. I don't like that. Uh-huh. What I do, absolutely promise somebody based on the authority of the word is that in his gracious and merciful hands, God can make everything matter. And that's where the fruit bearing comes in. This is what I will tell you. Not one thing given any time at all that I've gone through, including my sexual abuse, including the instability of my home including having made some disastrous relational decisions along the way including all of the trash all the manure i will tell you anything given enough time and i i mean i'd say that it, i can't really put a date with it but i'd say even over a year's time God has made all of it matter. I've, I can't think of anything that I would tell you that it just it was flat wasted. And so, to me, that that. Now, now we're talking, now we're talking, now now when we see him face to face, Jesus, this is why it says over and over that we're going to say worthy is the lamb, worthy is he of everything, but it, that suffering, I don't think we, I don't think we have to feel forced to go there. I I think if it's Mm -hmm. true, yes, let's do, but most of the time, really what we're looking for, did he make it matter? Did he keep his promise in Romans 8, 8, 28? Did he honestly work it out where it did some good? And so, so Tyler, the other day, you and I both are on Twitter. So, somebody on Twitter said to me, asking an earnest question. This was not really, you know, a hyper-prosperity kind, uh, gospel kind of question. He said, do you think it is the will of God for us to be happy? Mm. And I'm so um, sanguine and such an extrovert that, and I, you know, I love I love to laugh. I love a party. So, I I want my bent is to answer yes, but I can't. I can't. But I'm also not going to say. It also kind of gets on my nerves when somebody says he just wants us to be holy. And, and he doesn't care about our happiness. He just wants us to be holy. Well, I don't, I don't think that either. I think God, we, we keep trying to... to Make him this uh, one-dimensional God that this is, this is all he's trying to do over here. God's working all of it uh, at the same time. But wh- how I answered the guy, I said, okay, okay. I said, I've got to be honest with you. No, I don't think that is his priority. I said, his priority is that we be fruitful. Mm. I said, that I mm. can tell you strongly. Based on the authority of Scripture, that fruitfulness—be fruitful and multiply—and and for us in the New Testament, in the New Covenant um, calling for us, that's uh, that spiritual fruit, that is uh, the you know gospel fruit. But I said, but but here is where I want you to hear this title because this is where I went with him. Uh, what I think somebody should stick around and hear is that a lot of times fruitfulness actually does end up making us happy. It really does. It does have an impact on joy. Yeah. And, and we see that in the book, I talk about that, that the harvest is meant to be joyful. And you see that in the Old Testament, when they would work the vineyards, when it would come time for, for harvest, it, He God commanded them to rejoice in it. And I mean, to to feast and celebrate. And so it's meant we're, we're meant to be uh, joyful and happy when we see that our lives, I don't think there's anything wrong. I love watching a young author that just made some, some list with a brand new book. I mean, Tyler, that just, it thrills me. And I have no hesitation to say, congratulations. What a wonderful thing, because it's right. It was, they put a lot of work into it. And so that's fruit that, so that, that, that fruitfulness did end up bringing some happiness. And so, wh- happiness is not the priority, but fruitfulness can end up bringing a lot of joy. And it can mean that life, a really hard life, mattered a whole heck of a lot. And at the end of the day, I mean, isn't that, isn't that what we're looking for?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm curious what you would say to someone, and, and this—I I know this wasn't really your story, nor was it mine—but somebody who reads this and has a, has had a very different experience, and would say, "Well, I, I didn't really have a lot of rocky soil. I, I haven't had the." same hardships. Uh, It's been a, they they feel very blessed and and very fortunate, uh, financially, emotionally, uh, in terms of their family. Uh, do they then, does that limit in some ways, this, this ability for fruitfulness that you're talking about?
3: Oh, Tyler, I don't think you are going to like my answer, <laughs> I'm, but I'm going to, listen, I'm so, I'm so often wrong. So, I want to say that before I answer it because, you know, this could easily be one of those times, but I want to say this. Um, l- let me go to the metaphor of the vine and branches for a moment. One of the things that I learned about fruitfulness uh, when it comes to a literal grapevine, and that is very... he intended. It was very intentional, as we see in the book, because it has very strong old covenant ties to what the vine meant in the Old Testament. So, he's very meaningfully talking about the vine and the branches that last evening before he was arrested. So, one of the things that I learned in my studies and my research is that if the vine is in a really, really uh, happy environment, and it is super super pleasant has ex- exactly the right everything then what the what the vine will tend to do what the branch will tend to do is just produce a bunch of leaves because it's so happy i mean like leaves 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 and i <laughs> want you to picture with me just bushy 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 uh-huh. bushy it's only when the vine thinks its health or life is threatened that it goes to the trouble to reproduce and it's in reproducing that it comes up with the grapes. And so, where the metaphor is concerned, I'm talking strictly about the metaphor, mm-hmm. some amount, you would hear this when you hear the saying, uh, stressed vines make the best wines, that's a real common <laughs> thing. If you think of it in our metaphor, well, there's a reason. There's a reason why they're saying that. It's because you have to put a vine under a certain amount of stress, not not more more than it can bear. But if it's not under any, it's just going to be leafy. It's not going to produce the way that it could. So, okay. So, bring that into the answer to your question. I'm going to tell you this because I do, listen, I've been blessed. I, I get that. I get that. But if someone honestly could go, man, I just really can't tell you. And I'm talking about if they're older, 40 even, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and could still say, man, I really, I just really haven't had many struggles. I'm going to wonder if they're getting out enough, number one. And number two, I'm going to direct us to the scriptures that if we're out there exposing ourselves in the witness of the gospel, Jesus told us we'd have trouble. He told us we would. He told us that it would, that I believe, Tyler, I'm convinced of this to my bones. I don't believe our callings are humanly possible. I believe that the way that God, I'm going to use this word, please understand what I mean by this, set it up, sort of rigged it, is that we would have to have the Holy Spirit in order to do what we've been called to do, that if it's within our skill set if it's not really a challenge to us then that may be something we really get to bring to the mix it's a good a great talent great skill but that's that's our calling is always going to be beyond what we could have done it will require the work of the holy spirit it will require the pressure it will require being put way out on a limb and believing by faith for something we cannot for the life of us see so i just a certain amount of it, all of it's relative. So I, I, I would believe somebody that just said, man, I just haven't had those kinds of problems. I, amen to that. Praise God. And some of us, like my life, I called on a lot of my struggles. I were, sure. They were my, A lot sure. of them were my own foolish decisions. So I could go with they've made a lot of good decisions. They've done a lot of things the right way. But I'm just going to tell you, Tyler, I do not personally know anyone married, for instance, that does not have challenges in their marriage. Sure. Sure. I don't I just don't I don't I don't know how it exists. So what I do think is that maybe sometimes we are not plugged in enough to we are keeping ourselves separate from the real life hot pavement where people are in the margins and where people are suffering. If we've insulated ourselves um, that's going to be a different matter, and I would have to answer no, it will not bear as much fruit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, I, I hate that that's the way I'm going to answer that, but remember what I said about happy a minute ago. I want yeah. to go on record that <laughs> I'm teasing, but I just I think a certain amount of maturity comes through the difficulty and some of the stress and some of the suffering so i wish i had a better way to look at no, that but i do no. think it
0: uh, i i didn't have a uh, I, I wasn't i hope that didn't sound like a leading question no, i it think that, that was a i really, just knew
3: what you know you know what people want you to say sure, and sometimes sure. you can't say it
0: sure 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 i i think that's really true and i think that's so um, I think mean, that's that's so wise, and and it's also helpful for people who who are very aware of the hardship of life to know that yes. this is not, this is not you're not weird because your life is hard. Oh, weird, no. Hard is the norm. Hard is default.
3: It's really weird if you honestly can't think of the last time you were stretched beyond. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. You, you know, that's what's weird, and so go with it, enjoy it, uh, celebrate it. But that really is what is uh, out of the norm.
0: I, uh, we only have thirty minutes, and we're coming up on that, so I don't. I, I want to be here for you, but I do have just uh, one or two more questions. If that's okay. Oh, absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you, and this is just, a, this is a little bit of a change of pace, but something that I really admire about your social media presence is your graciousness and your kindness to people who don't always seem like they would warrant or are not looking for a gracious, kind response <laughs> no. at something that we don't have a lot of. So something, something that I don't have a lot of. Do you have any just like quick practical tips for people who feel like they lose their patience online easily on how to maintain a little more of a, a loving, gracious stance.
3: Yes. uh, Yes. And I don't have them ordered. I don't have these thoughts ordered. So it's going to kind of be just thrown out there, but I want to say, let's have a little grace on all of us because didn't this catch us all by surprise. We we find ourselves in a, a social world and in a very, very, public, I mean, we're just all like in the marketplace. Remember those pictures, and I mean pictures, these moments in in uh, Acts when Paul would be in the marketplace. Well, we're all there. It's like, that, that's what Twitter is. I mean, everybody's screaming at once, everybody uh-huh. talking at once. It's like we're all on the evening talk news where everybody's yelling over, that, that's all us now. And so, I, I think that in in some respects, we we have to admit we are we have all done it wrong, and are all <laughs> trying to learn how to do it, and uh, without it eating our souls. And a couple of things that I would say: I came to a point last summer where I honestly got so frustrated that I thought I have got to take I got to take some time off, and I, I stayed off for a month, and and I was glad to. And, and in fact, the later it got in the month, the more um, reluctant I was to go back. But um, I have a very God gave me a very strong will and a very strong determination. And what I'm not going to let happen, particularly because I have young women watching, me yeah. is that I'm not going to be bullied off of uh, that uh, platform. Yeah. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be. And and, and not just because I'm being hard headed, but because I um, am in a situation like other uh, leaders in my peer group would be in where we've got people watching us and seeing, are they going to hang or not? Can they be chased off or not? Y'all have got to deal with this world when my generation is out of it. And will we have taught you to keep standing back up. And so there's there's got to be a break. But as for me, you know, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna get back on. I'm gonna do a lot of before I ever get on, I'm hoping, and this is gonna sound corny to somebody, but I got no better answers for you. I we just we got to have a real life thing going with God where we are asking him when we are under constant duress. uh, Lord, I I need you to help me. I need you to help me to be loving to people and be patient to people. So, I that stays on my radar. That's something I'm praying about. I also, I thank God to be able to say, Tyler, I am, God, I'm ha- I'm a happy person. So, I, I naturally like people. I don't naturally not like people. Yeah. I, I naturally like people. Then there are some that I'm caught off guard. And I'm thinking like, ooh, I, I really don't like you. But it's not <laughs> very often. So, I, I'm always a little, I was so taken by surprise with the hatred, it is a. We don't have time for this discussion, but Tyler, I'm going to tell you something. It's surreal to be hated. I, I just, okay. I don't. I, there's no way I can explain to you. It's surreal, yeah. and um. So I, I don't think anything could have quite prepared me for that, but um. I just think I, 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 I don't know. I may be wrong, but I feel like a lot of these bullies and a lot of these haters. Uh, I think they must be miserable, hmm. and I think their own lives are so painful that uh, that they take it out on other people and look for someone to bully. Mm -hmm. And so I try to keep that in mind. But let me tell you something, Tyler, just as soon as you've asked me this question, it'll be no time at all till I'll have acted so ugly to where every now and then I can't help myself. I just absolutely can't help myself. And so what I would say to you then is say you're sorry and delete it. (laughs) That's (laughs) the best way. What we've got to learn to do, we have got, since all of us now have a mic, everybody does. Mm -hmm. Everybody does. And especially on Twitter, because it really is words-based. And that's what I love. I, I love dialogue. I like it more than monologue. I like to get into a discussion with people. I even like a debate as long as it's decent. Sure. Uh, I don't. I don't sure. need people to agree with me. I just, you know, just. But you don't have to be a bully and tell me that you wish my plane would fly into a mountain. Um, you know, these are, are things that are just un, untoward. But uh, we we have to um, if we're going to be out there. If we're going to be in that heat. Uh, we have to know what we signed up for. We better be. We better be ready for it. We're mm-hmm. going to get criticism, and we're just. We're just going to have to deal with it and not get in there with them. And I think the other, the last thing I'll say about it is find people. And this is one way I found you, Tyler. You're you're one of those for me. And I could name. I could name thirty people off the top of my head that are this to me that I so much enjoy that they just make make it so worth it.
0: That was Beth Moore. Next up, feedback.
2: In her new book, Chasing Vines, Beth Moore takes you on a journey to show how everything changes when we understand and fully embrace God's amazing design for growing us and giving us fruitful, meaningful, and abundant lives. Beth teaches how God wants each of us to flourish, but there are still tough times in life. Nothing is for nothing. Chasing Vine Readers will meet Beth in the vineyard as she traces the images of vine dresser, vine, branch, and fruit through scripture. Pick up your copy of Chasing Vines by Beth Moore and let your Maker show you why you matter. Available online and in bookstores near you.
0: you're listening to black qualls by thundercat all right so last week uh we of course brought you our hard-hitting investigation of the Indiana Pizza Club situation, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you, you just got to go back and listen. There's just too much for us to cover here in the time that we have left. But we we got so into it uh, that we kind of got derailed on feedback situation. But we do have a couple answers to the uh, the question of the week that we've tossed out there. Uh, the question of the week that we had was uh, was a uh, well, we, we actually had a couple. Yeah, we I had a couple. couple. Yeah, first we had the one about uh, autocorrect. Your best autocorrect fiasco uh and then i think you're the other one we asked was about favorite christian characters on television right that's
1: right and i you know i singled one out for the autocorrect story just because i feel like you hear you hear this one you're like okay we're probably good with this um uh, this comes from a from phil who emailed his vacation bible study team for uh, to <laughs> uh, um, to help me make octopus tentacles for our underwater theme. So, Vacation oh, sure. Bible School is an the underwater theme, and he needs octopus tentacles. Uh, unfortunately, it auto corrected to octopus. And another word that sounds like tentacles, but is wildly inappropriate in this context. We'll let you use your imagination. So I don't <laughs> think that went over well with the ministry team there at Phil's church. So what sort, of, what sort
0: of autocorrect? What sort of autocorrect doesn't immediately pick up like, oh, tentacles? Of course, that's what octopuses have. That's the only, it's the only word he could have possibly intended here. Sorry, yeah. Phil. Yeah. yeah, I hope you kept your job. Yeah. Uh, also, several <laughs> listeners wrote in about their favorite Christian characters on TV. Here are some of the favorites that uh that you came. i think we talked jesse when you talked about this you said flanders from the simpsons was your favorite right i I, yeah
1: because i always think he he comes out very nobly but there was a couple other good ones bethany's i i was are are, were either of you guys big west wing fans
0: i've i've watched it i know i'm familiar with the series i didn't watch it i didn't watch it when it was like happening like i wasn't part of the craze but i caught up with it on netflix
1: yeah well, uh uh Bethany said that Jed Bartlett, I, I think he is the president played by Martin Sheen, correct?
0: Yeah, 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 Martin Sheen. It, it, it is a good portrayal. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it is is her favorite fictional Christian. I yeah, I I I've I'm not a big West Wing watcher, but I I have seen some clips and uh you know, I, I think that's a great choice.
0: Um, Doug said, and I'm not, I I don't, maybe I'm just not as familiar with the Pirates movies as, uh, so I thought I've only, I haven't seen them all. He says, in one of the Pirates movies, there is a priest paid by Sam Claflin, who is kind and good. Definitely one of my favorite fictional portrayals of a person of faith. Also, he says, hot priest. Come on. Yeah. Of course. The hot priest from, uh, from Fleabag, the, the, uh, the viral sensation that sent the, the world of, of faith and fanfic aflame. Yeah. Josh said this
1: isn't really a favorite Christian character. I'm sort of taking the implication that he finished the film Velocipastor, which I also watched. I promise I would watch it. And he (laughs) said it's everything he could ask for for more. I will say this. Velocipastor is a weird sort pseudo satire indie movie about a priest who who, uh, develops the ability to turn into a velociraptor. And uh, 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 you know, take vengeance on those in society that are perpetuating injustice. It is <laughs> insane, but also the story was much, much more involved than I thought it would be. It <laughs> is—it's an impossible movie to describe, and an even more impossible one to review. But it is on Amazon Prime. You can watch it for free. Velosa, oh. the Velosa So, hey, Tyler. The other thing we we talked about—we've oh, you know, yeah, been talking yeah, about yeah. Christian Camp for a couple episodes. We got a couple pieces. Uh, feedback about that uh, because of the movie A Week Away, which is a musical that features CCM hits that takes place at a Christian camp. Sarah wanted to relay uh, uh, her Christian camp experience. She said, Can we talk about how twisted it is that church and camp often is often staffed, quote unquote, by young, inexperienced 20 somethings to spiritually guide youth? That is true. <laughs> um, That's it's a problem. I remember the kind. Yeah, it is. It's a problem. You know, some, there are many 20-somethings who are well-equipped for this, but there are many who probably, you know, don't necessarily have the theological training that uh, is going to equip them for some questions that are going to be asked by some of the campers. She says, I remember the kind of existential questions I threw at my leaders, and I recently realized that they were often younger than I currently am. Also, the big, cri- the big crime at our youth events was when you, quote, made purple. Here's what the definition of making purple is, which was... <laughs> (laughs) was... was when what we called a boy and a girl going off together alone blue groups and pink groups are fine, but you don't dare make purple. And you have to leave room oh, no. for the Holy Spirit, who is surprisingly big. Don't make purple. I will say this, from the clip we saw of A Week Away, which features a young man and an un- one woman dancing to a Michael W. Smith song, Alone on a Dock at Sunset. Yeah. Sounds like they're making purple to place in this world. No room for the Holy, Holy Spirit. <laughs> no room for the...
0: Was, was purpling... Was that pur- Purple was in my vocabulary when I was in each group. Was it... Did he Either of you guys. No. Rea- no, uh, yeah. no, I, was, I knew what, I knew re- a, re- I knew what purpling was. Yeah. Yeah. That was a real thing. Um, Amy said <laughs> this. This was not part of my vocabulary. Amy said she didn't grow up in a Christian home, but her neighbor took her to a Lutheran church camp. And she says the bathroom and shower house was at this camp was for the girls named Bathsheba. And for the boys was named David, and she didn't think twice about it at the time. It didn't come to her until later. But that is a, that is a what were they thinking moment. David, about of all the, the male and of all the men and women in the Bible who, that you could do any of, there's so many options. Well, maybe not so many because yeah. <laughs> the male and female relationships in the Bible often go awry. But of all of them, this would be towards yeah. the bottom of the ones I would pick. Yeah, they, they, like, the very Most bottom. famously, I, I, yeah, most famously well, why, why tragic. Why did you just have bad? Ahab?
1: Why did you just have Ahab and Jezebel?
0: By all accounts, Ahab and Jezebel had a happy marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say many other good things about them. But, but we don't know anything about their, their marriage.
1: policies. <laughs> their policies I have as with their policies. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can take issue with, but uh, yeah, it didn't seem I don't think you know they were murdering each other's ex lovers. Like, <laughs> I don't know that David and Bathsheba was the greatest choice. Why couldn't we have you know, uh, you know, Mary and Joseph, or you know, well, that's an easy one, Esther yeah, have, or something, no. yeah, you know? L- literally, uh, literally, literally, anyone else. That's it. Oh. What, do you, or just make it simple, Adam and Eve. Like, yeah. how hard is that? It, that's, like, it, that's everyone's very simple. gonna know, you know. Or
0: just, or just yeah. men and women. That's fine. Not everything has to be a cute little thing. You don't get it. Don't, it, need it, to, it. It's don't like, overthink it. Yeah.
1: Well, are they trying to? T- it's like, well, we're you know, we're really trying to fight biblical li- for biblical literacy here. We need every avenue we can. And so if someone needs to go to the urinal, we just said head head over to the little David. And it's like, you know, this is that, I don't think they're really taking anything away here. I don't think it's really adding to their Bible scholarship, but you know.
0: <coughs> well that'll do it for versions. last week. See you back now. It's time for this week's editorial
2: question of the week. It's,
0: hey. All right. So earlier on the show, we were talking about time capsules and uh, what what we might be finding in Yahoo's promised Internet time capsule. But we want to know in lieu of that, what uh, what would you put in a 2020 time cap if you were putting the other time capsule today to be opened up, let's just say 50 years from now, assuming we're all still here. We're optimistic on this podcast. What do you what would you put into the 2020 time capsule uh, that you feel like would really commemorate this point in time for future generations? But but I want to challenge people. Make it stuff like everyone's going to remember the big stuff. Make yeah.
1: it stuff that would yeah. otherwise be forgotten. Some weird stuff, funny yeah. stuff. You don't have to worry about the Avengers would, movies.
0: Those will be remembered. We need we need a little more yeah, offbeat a, 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 stuff.
1: You don't need to put an infinity gauntlet in there, okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> we, we got it. You know, we, we want, uh, you, you know, we, we want creative stuff. So, so <laughs> what do you want people to remember from the, you know, the forgotten era of the 2020s?
0: You can uh, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast to give us your answers. Uh, use, the, use the hashtag question of the week if you want to. Well, we'll check them either way. Do you have time? Hey, we want to say thanks to Beth Moore, of course, for joining us. Her new book, Chasing Vines, Finding Your Way to an Immensely Fruitful Life, is out now, today. Uh, I hope you've already picked it up, but if not, you should go do it right away. Um, and also, hey, as long as you're on our, our Apple Podcast page, uh, go ahead and give us a, a positive review. We love those, those, uh, those positive reviews. They help other people find us. If you could take the time to to write up a little something, we would appreciate it. We might even read it on this very podcast. You can also subscribe to Relevant Daily while you're there. That's our Monday through Friday, 10 quick minutes to just keep keep you up to date on the intersection of faith and culture. And with that, I think we'll wrap it up. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jesse Gary. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time.
2: You'll get this message to the mayor, won't you? Relevant Podcast Network.